Thank you, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Indeed, train up a child in the way they should go, right? And they shall not depart from it. Amen. Are you blessed? That wonderful song? Hallelujah. Can I request everyone to just, you know, meron po tayong space of vacant. Can I request everyone po to please forward? Just like Pastor Jeff says, nga naligo po kami. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I have a deep breath? <laughs> I wake up this morning at around, the Lord wake me up at around 3 a.m. I slept at 12. 3 a.m. I'm still awake. And then the Lord, Lord, it's hard. I can, you can feel the agony, right, Kuya? <laughs> Try nyo dito one time. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. By the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Um, all right. Um, we have been learning about the uh, book of Acts, right, over the past weeks. And um, we will continue on as we study on the book of Acts today. Uh, we have learned about that, how the early church operates at that time. Amen? And um, as we have a deeper look today, we're going to see how, you know, the book of Acts were beautifully um, written. It's a wonderful blueprint of how we do church and what it means by being rooted and living a life that is full of the, filled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? After the Pentecost, um, um, we know this story. Now, after the Pentecost of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, um, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, um, wanna forward this? Sorry. Don't worry. I have strength. Kahit walang tulog. Ayan. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, um, it's, it, I believe that's basically our key main verse for this series, for this month series. No, because it basically tackles the foundation and the three main roots of the early church. And that is number one is the apostles, they disciple, the disciples, they devote themselves into what? Into number one, apostles. Apostles teaching. Can you say apostles teaching? Apostles teaching. Yeah. We have learned it last week. Pastor Jeff had brilliantly covered that. Um, uh, how to be rooted into the Word of the Lord. And uh, the other Sunday, the first Sunday, we have covered how to be rooted in fellowship. So the koinonia, right? And today, this, today we're going to cover on the third main root, which is the root, to be rooted in prayer. Amen? Are you excited? As we continue on, um, on Book of Acts, um, we will see that there are a lot of testimonies, you know, in the, about the importance, about the power of prayer. And we hope that we'll be able to cover them today, some of them today. So I have uh, four points for you today. Um, as we go along with the Book of Acts, I'll cover how 
They assemble in prayer. Can we say assemble in prayer? How they combat with prayer. How they, para namang hindi kayo lumalaban. How they combat with prayer. How they triumph through prayer. And the seed of their prayer. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But before we continue on, shall I ask every one of you to join me as we pray today? Lord, Father God, Lord, as you've said in your word, Lord. Lord, you said the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Lord God. And, and that means the word is you, Jesus. Lord, we invite you today, Lord. Jesus, we invite you. One thing we ask, Lord God, is to be with you. And we pray, Lord God, that Lord, examine our hearts, Lord God. If, if there's any unhealthy roots, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that heal it, Lord God. Make our roots healthy, Lord. And may we understand, Lord God, this one of the most essential spiritual lifeline, Lord God. And just to be with you and dwell in your presence, Lord. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. This likelihood is not the first time that we have heard a word about prayer, right? It's not the first time, but uh, I, I, I hope and I pray that today we will have a fresh understanding. A fresh understanding of the importance and the power of prayer. The Bible speaks about a lot about prayer. But in the book of Acts alone, there are 30 references to prayer, and we hope to be able to cover them today. Prayer was the most, I would say, their spiritual fuel, no? spiritual fuel, gasolina, spiritual fuel, uh, the spiritual lifeline of the disciples that time. Prayer makes them able to do what they did, right, during the early church. Acts chapter 1 verse 13 says, right, right after what? Right after the res uh, resurrection of Jesus, what they did, the first activity that the 11 disciples did is to gather. Now, it says in verse 14, they gathered, they constantly gathered together in prayer. In prayer. Amen? Every time they pray, every time they pray, powerful movement happens. And because of prayer, yes, they face a lot of difficulties. They face a lot of challenges. But because of prayer, they did not back down. They did not back down. And so, we're going to look into that. Prayer precedes almost every major event, if not almost every major movement in the early church. In the early church. And we see, you know, as we go along later, we're going to see the infilling of the Holy Spirit is preceded by prayer. Um, healing preceded by prayer, resurrection of the dead preceding a prayer, many and many more. I will cover and we'll hope, we hope to cover them today. And first on my list is um, appointment of leaders and rising up of leaders through prayer. You know, Acts chapter 1 at the end of chapter, chapter 1 verse 23 to 25 says there that what? They nominated two of them which is Joseph and Matthias. Right? And they prayed. And they prayed. And they prayed. And they draw lots. And the lots fell into Matthias. And Matthias became who replaces Judah's position at that time. 
And not only that, not only that, we have learned last week the seven deacons, right? The seven workers, you know, with the growing church, with the expansion of the church, you know, um, um, and as they want to devote themselves into prayer and into, into the word, they have raised up these seven workers. Stephen, Acts chapter 6, marks that. The next verse. Whereby, what? Again, they prayed. It says there, you know, they've, um, they chose Stephen and the rest, Philip and the rest of the five men. And they presented these men into the apostles and they prayed. And laid upon hands on them. What else? Subsequently, you know, moving forward on the first missionary of Paul, what we see is that the what? The appointing of the elders as well. Right? Acts chapter 14, when Paul and Barnabas returned to um, Antioch, to the three churches in there, to Lystra, to Iconium, and Antioch, they also appointed leaders and elders there. And it says there, they appointed elders for them in each of the churches, Paul and Barnabas. And what? With prayer and fasting. With prayer and fasting. And so, why am I sharing this? I just want to encourage first all the leaders and the workers of this church. You are a product of prayer. You are all a product of prayer. The Lord has positioned you in this church, you know, because the Lord needs the need of this church. Amen. I remember Kuya Bino's testimony. Where's Bino? Kuya Bino, during the early times when we were supposed to, um, you know, when they first established the church, his only prayer was, Lord, magpadala ka po ng mga worship Worship team, magpadala ka po ng mga tao, Lord. Right? That's his only prayer. And I think when he prayed that, he really indeed prayed Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, next, next verse. It says there's yes, Jesus said yes, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. What Jesus said, pray. Pray earnestly. And so he will what? He will provide laborers into his harvest. Amen? And so you and I are the answers to our, to our prayers. Amen? I just would like to encourage all the worship team, you are the answer to the need of this church. And I would like to encourage you today, um, you know, sometimes there will be, you know, challenges along the way, but stay put. The Lord has positioned you for a greater purpose. Never abandon your post. Can you tell it to your neighbor? Never abandon your post. Amen? Amen. The Lord has put you in this church for a purpose and for, um, for His mission. Amen. And as we talking about mission, the indicator of whether a church is doing its mission, it's doing God's agenda, or fulfilling God's mission is by how it prays. Let me repeat. The indicator to whether the church is doing God's mission, God's agenda, agenda, and fulfilling its mission is by how it prays. Only through prayer that we can advance and carry forward God's mission. 
Whenever we fail to pray, we fail to carry forward God's mission. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Why? Why do you think prayer ministry is very important in the church? Why do you think corporate prayer is very important in the church? Let me tell you an illustration and share with you this. The Bible says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail it. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail it. Can you name the strongest rock that you know? Can you name one of the strongest rock? Women knows. Right? Diamond, right? Diamond is one of the strongest rock. One of the strongest rock. And that's why they said diamond is forever. Diamond is forever. And it's because diamond is, has this kind of strength and durability. Because it's strong, it's, it has a, a unique and strong atomic structure whereby each atoms are strongly connected together, held together, very tied to each other, that it makes strong and unbreakable. Do you know that the diamond can withstand heat as high as 2,500 degrees Celsius? How high is that? The boiling point of water is what? 100 degree. Do you know that the diamond can withstand compressive strength? It has a very high compressive strength and a very high tensile strength. What do we mean by compressive strength? Sorry, I'm being more scientific here. But when we speak about scientific, uh, comp compressive strength, it's the property of matter. It's basically the strength of material that can withheld its maximum compressive pressure without breaking it apart. And its compressive strength is as high as 110 gigapascal. Giga means to the billions of pascal. Do you know the caliber, a 45 caliber bullet, has a compressive strength of only 150 megapascal, just in millions. A, a diamond is in gigapascal. And a diamond is also has a very high tensile strength. Tensile strength defines the property that of matter or strength of materials whereby it can withstand the maximum pulling force, you know, pulling force before breaking or, or pulling it apart. And you can never pull it apart because its strength is 1 giga pascal for its tensile strength. What do I mean by that? Diamond means it's unbreakable and you cannot pull it apart. A church that is strongly bonded in prayer is what makes a church strong and unbreakable. Amen? And this is my prayer church. This is my prayer church that we will become strong and unbreakable. That we can withstand heat. Right? That we can withstand pressure. That we can withstand any tension. We will become 
unbreakable. Amen? Amen. And why, and I think, you know, this is very apparent. This characteristic is very apparent in the early church. You know, regardless of what crisis, they managed to stand. Right? They, were, they remained strong. They remained unbreakable. One of the re remarkable um, crises that they face is on Acts chapter 12. You know, in Acts chapter 12, King Herod, King Herod captured some of the members of the church and not only some. It says there, King Herod arrested some. And not only some, but also James. And then he executed James. What's that's uh, imagine that. Imagine that. This is one of the, I believe, one of the major crises that the early church faced at that time. You know, they were probably still mourning with the death of James. And afterwards, not so long after, Peter what? Peter was captured by the same king who killed James. James, the brother of John. Look how they faced such crisis. They did not respond in fear. They did, they did not hide. How did they respond? In verse 5, it says, next verse, it says, They unceasingly, unceasingly what? Earnestly pray to God, the assemble of God or the church, the assembly of God, continuously praying for Him. The church prayed for Peter. The church prayed for Peter. And what happened? And what happened after that? We can see in here, you know, in Acts chapter 12, verse 6, continuing on. The night before Herod, right, was about to execute Peter, look at Peter. Peter was not praying. Peter was what? He's sleeping. He was really at, in at peace. Right? Where the rest of the church is praying for him. Probably Peter is ready to go, go home. Right? But anyway, he was, at, he was sleeping. He was not praying. The church was rather praying. And what happened is that the angel of the Lord came and what? He even had to strike Peter and wake. He said, strike Peter and wake. Wake Peter. It's like, oi, Peter. Imagine... He, and then Peter woke up and his chains fell into his wrist. Right? And in the next verse, right, we saw that, you know, Peter didn't realize that he was already, what? Being guided by the angel. He thought he was dreaming. <laughs> he thought he was dreaming and realized that uh, when, he, when the angel guided him into the street, then he realized, it says there, verse 11, he came to his senses. Oh, oh, I'm not dreaming. Now I know without a doubt that the angel of the Lord came, it says there. That the angel of the Lord came to save me. Amen? What a wonderful testimony. Amen? Amen? And it's, I believe, you know, when, when initially when James was, was, capt was captured, Likelihood, the church prayed, including Peter, right? Including Peter. But they did not, you know, they did not lose hope when Peter was, was then taken into captivity. 
right? Probably, right? Oh, Lord, right after the other. Probably they should have loosened hope. But they didn't. They prayed. They prayed. And just like that as well, we can learn something from the early church. You know, sometimes we are praying, you know, and sometimes, you know, God answered differently. But never lose hope. Never lose hope. Never lose hope. Imagine if they lose hope, then probably Peter have not been, you know, released. Amen? Pray unceasingly. Can you tell it to your neighbor? Pray unceasingly. Amen? And what's happened next? After that, Peter was released and um, he walked into the house of John Mark. John Mark, the one who wrote the book of Mark. So he went to the house of John Mark and he knocked at the entrance of the door. And there was this name, servant named Rhoda. And when Peter was knocking, he, he heard Peter's voice and he say, hey, Peter was there. And he was like, they were overjoyed and he was, she was running and she was running. Hey, Peter is at the door. Peter is at the door. And the people who were praying there say, hey, come on, you're out of your mind. You're dreaming. You're out of the mind. Nobody believe. It's because of what? Their prayer exceeded their expectation. Their prayer exceeded their expectation. And sometimes we're like that. Right? When we pray, sometimes we pray like just like a wishful thought. Right? No, as if you don't have a confidence on what had Christ had what? Overcome in the cross. Right? Christ, what? Did not die for you and me to just have a wishful thought? Christ has given us what? The authority and power, right? Right? Through His death. And the, and the thing is, we have to understand that authority. In Luke chapter 9, you know, when Jesus says, when Jesus sends the 12 disciples what did God says? You know, He says there, I will give you power and authority. What? To drive the forces of the enemy. To proclaim what? To pro proclaim the kingdom of God. And it's the same thing. The following, ver the following chapter, Luke chapter 10, Jesus is very consistent. Now, when He sent the 72 disciples, the 72 disciples, again, not only, by the, by the way, there are 72 men. Not only 12. So when he sent the 72 on Luke chapter 10, what happened? It's the same thing. He gave the same power and authority. He said there to overcome what? To, get, to overcome the power of the enemy. To cure, right? To, um, to heal the sick. And to drive out demons and snakes and scorpions. It says in there, nothing will harm you. But the question is, how often we exercise this authority? How often we exercise this authority? You know, I'd like to say that with great power comes with, with great responsibility. With great authority comes with great responsibility. We as a church, we should what? We should be what? Praying together, you know, with confidence and boldness in the confidence and in the authority that's given to us, exercising our faith and exercising the authority that's given to us. 
right? That we never what? That whenever we see darkness, we're going to bring light. Whenever we see sickness, we're going to bring healing. Right? Right? And whenever we see conflict, we're going to bring peace. Amen? And that's where I am heading into my second point. Which is combat with prayer. Combat with prayer. The Bible tells us that there is real God. But it is the same Bible that tells us that there's a real enemy. There's a real enemy. Ephesians 6.12 says what? That, what? that we don't battle. We don't battle against flesh and blood. But we battle what? Against the principalities of this world. Against the power of the enemy, it says in there. Against the spiritual forces of evil. The enemy hates intercession because through intercession, we exercise our authority in Christ when we pray. It's one of the greatest things that he will attack. Not only in the context of the church, but also in our personal lives. Right? We must realize that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. But we are fighting what? Against an unseen combat between two kingdoms. And in Acts chapter 16, we know this story. We know how Paul and Silas combat with prayer against their situation, right? We know that. But next verse, we will see Acts chapter 16. They were also in prison, right? Same situation. But what they did, they prayed. They prayed and what? And they were singing hymns to God. And it says there, not the other day, but says there verse 26, 25 says, suddenly. Meaning, right away, suddenly, when they were praying, suddenly, a violent what? A violent earthquake came and shook the cells of the, uh, the, the what? The prison cells, the foundation of the prison cells. Who watches pre pre prison break here? Right? Ah, I watch prison break. It took them, what, years to be able to get out of the prison. Look at them. Suddenly. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Whenever we are in the middle of the battle, the middle of the challenges, the middle of the storm. We pray. That's how we combat. That's how we fight. We fight in prayer. Amen? Because every time you pray, you're technically saying that the battle is not yours. But it's with the Lord. Amen? Amen? And we can learn something from here. In this verse, it only tells us that we can be creative in our prayer. Look at them. They sing their prayers. So who are singers here? You can sing your prayer to the Lord. Who are dancers here? You can dance your prayer to the Lord. Amen? Who are writers here? You can write your prayers to the Lord. Who are painters here? Where's Hannah? Where's Rona? Where's my sister Ron? Yeah, you can paint 
you can paint your prayers to the Lord. You can be creative as, you know, as who you are. As long as what you boldly express, right, your heart to the Lord. Amen? Amen. And now this, in this saying, church, honestly, you know, I myself is also preaching this, you know, to myself. I'm preaching this to myself. There were seasons in my life that I'm also not consistent in my prayer life. And I don't think everyone is, right? We do struggle in our prayer. We do struggle in our prayer. There was this one moment that uh, Pastor Jeff asked me a few months ago, you know, asked me to <laughs> to cover about a word about discipline of prayer. And I just paused because I know that time my prayer life was not in a good shape. Was not in a good shape. Those seasons in my life when my prayer life is, you know, it seems so hard. Seems so hard to pray. Business overtook me. You know, with uh, three kids in the ministry. It's so hard you know, to toggle, to toss around, right? And yes, I do listen to podcasts every morning. I do play worship song whenever I'm brushing teeth, whenever I'm changing. When I drive, I listen to YouTube, preaching. I do that. I do that. But I, I realized that when I started to go, and I enjoy that as well, you know. But when I, I realized, when I get back to my you know, full-time job, I realized that I lost this me time with the Lord, you know. A time that we, you will just sit down. You will just sit down and do nothing else but just soak in His presence. And so when, uh, when Pastor Jeff asked me, I said, Pas muna ako. Wag yan, Pastor. Ibabattle ko yan. The truth is, the Lord has what? Reminded me to go back to my knees. And I have to been, I have been driving and I have been telling the Lord, Lord, teach me more how to pray. Teach me more how to pray. And I have to get to, back to the book of Psalms, to the book of Psalms to just, Lord, you know, fight the struggle on how to pray. And so if you are struggling in prayer, open the book of Psalms. There are a lot of prayers in there. Amen? And please don't get me wrong, church, you know. God is a relational God, right? He wants to talk to us. You know, converse to us day by day, minute by minute. You know, pray. I, I call it pray with open eyes. You know, you pray while driving, while walking, while running, play while cooking. Talk to Him. Talk to Him, pray while, while mowing. Do that. I encourage you to do, to do that. But what I mean is that, you know, it's different as well when you have a traditional way of praying. Right? We, for us, every day we have a family prayer before we sleep. But on top of that, what I mean by discipline of prayer is really your personal time with the Lord. Soaking in the presence, in His presence. We know how the disciples pray, right? Right? And we know who's the best examples of prayer. 
right? Not other than Jesus himself. Imagine he being 100% God. He being 100% God is so dependent. Is so dependent to prayer. Tayo pa kaya? How much more are we? How much more are we? Amen? And if you are having hard time and struggling in prayer, you know, doesn't matter. Sometimes you're busy in the morning. Doesn't matter. Pick a time. Pick a time. In the next verse, we'll learn that no, Jesus prayed in the morning. Mark 1 verse 35. He prayed early in the morning. And there are seasons that he prayed at night. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. So it doesn't matter. The important is pick a time. Pick a time. It doesn't matter also what kind of posture. Right? We can be kneeling, we can be standing, we can be face on the ground, raising our hands up high. It doesn't matter what kind of posture. You can try that. You can try that. Feel free to try all of those postures as you seek the Lord. But what's important is really the posture of our heart. Amen? When we pray, it's better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. When we pray, it's better to have heart without words than words without a heart. Amen? Let me tell you this one story, an ABC story. There was this mom who was trying to teach her child, a seven-year-old child in prayer. So what she did, you know, over the course of a period of time for a couple of months, she goes to her bedroom and she prays with her. She prays with, little child, with her little child. And so after a couple of months, she wanted to test whether her child has already built the habit of prayer. And so one night, just to test it out, he didn't, she didn't go into the room. She just listened at the same time where they go praying. And, he, he, and she noticed that the, her daughter was singing ABC, <laughs> an ABC song. And so she, sa she said, oh, probably just for tonight. And then the following night, again, he came over. She came over and leaned into the door. And trying to check whether her daughter is praying. And again, her daughter is again singing ABC. And so on the third night, she again listened and checked. And again, the daughter again prayed ABC. And so she couldn't help him herself already. And so opened up the door, sneaked to her, her daughter's room and asked, Hey, my daughter, are you, you're not really play, praying, my love. And the daughter said, Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm, 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 sing, I'm, I'm singing. Doesn't mean I'm not praying. Right? I'm just letting God to put all the letters, all put into words, all the letters that I have uttered. Beautiful, right? Beautiful. And it's the same to us. There are seasons in our life that we feel like, you know, we are lost of words to pray. Right? But what I encourage you is that if the book of Psalms, you find it, you know, it's limited, which I don't believe so. There's a lot of prayers in there. 
But there's a second backup, right? Pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. That's your backup plan. Just pray in the Spirit. Sister Mai has covered that on, just on our tarrying night. And I encourage you to listen to that. Whenever you are lost in prayer, pray in the Spirit. Do you know that the Spirit inside you can intercede for you? Romans 6 verse 28 to 29 says, next verse, that what? That we do not owe what we ought to pray. Yes, there are times that we do not know what to ought to pray. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for you. The Spirit prays for you, intercedes for you. Amen? And when we say about, when we talk about praying in the Spirit, what we need to do is just to come into His presence with our bold heart. And then, you know, as you come to Him, you know, it's as if you pull, put out your heart in Him and basically you bypass the processing of your mind and, lit, and suddenly, little that you know, you are technically praying from heart to heart, from spirit to spirit. From spirit to spirit. And I encourage you to do that. Paul says in Ephesians 6, you know, he introduced there the context of spiritual warfare and our spiritual weapons. Right? He talks about there, what did he say? Verse 12 says there, put on the what? Full armor of God. What? So that we may stand against the devil's schemes. And we know all that. Probably most of us know this full or this six full armor of God. What? What did, what did Paul says? Paul says what? Put on your belt of truth. Wear your breastplate of righteousness. Put on your what? Your shield of faith. Put on your shoe that represents the gospel of peace. Put on your helmet of salvation. Put up the what? Bring of your sword of the spirit. Right? And at the end of that, he said what? Verse 18. He said, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit on all occasion. Because the thing is, you might be wearing the armor, but if you are not praying, technically you're not fighting. You probably you thought you are fully geared. But if you are not praying, technically you are not fighting. Technically, you're not using the authority that Christ has given you. Let me ask you this, church. How do you able to claim and declare the promises of the Lord, the healing? For, for example, healing. How can you declare it? How can you declare deliverance? How can you declare protection? How can you declare covering? How can they declare wisdom? How can you declare all the promises of the Lord if not through prayer? So even if you know the authority that's given in you, if you are not praying, you are not using it. You're not claiming it.
Yes, we can say that we can claim it through worship as well, right? But worship is a what? It's a form of prayer. Our songs to the Lord is a form of prayer. You can declare it. My, my son has eczema. My daughter has eczema. I always pray. Every time they put a lotion, lotion, steroids, steroids. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you don't have the right to be in my child's skin. That's declaration, but it's a prayer. Even our very, our very redemption, our salvation, how do we claim it? How do you receive salvation and redemption? Through what? Through genuine prayer. Everything in here, the promise of the Lord, what? Is only being exercised if we pray. Amen? When I was young, one of my sports is taekwondo. Ayun ba yan? Sabi ko na nga ba, Lord, share ko ba ito? Nahiya naman ako. That's why I call it sports. It's not martial arts. It's sports. And the reason why to me it's, it's, it's sports is because I know there's a weakness in Taekwondo. If you will Google it, top 10 martial arts, you will not find Taekwondo. You will not find Taekwondo. Anyway, the fighting stance of Taekwondo is like this. Alright, I'm gonna show to you. Okay, Can you see there? Kids, so the fighting stance of Taekwondo is like this. It's like this. It's like this. Either our feet, or one of one of our feet is tiptoed or two. And the reason why it's like that depends on the distance of our opponent. Either we kick through our through our front. We use this, or either we use this, or either we turn and kick. So do this, or kick. Right? So, our feet is always tiptoed. But the problem is, that's the weakness of Taekwondo. Because we can easily what? Trip over. Because our feet is not grounded, we can easily trip over. And why am I sharing this? It's the same thing as well. It's because our Christian life is like that. Our ministry is like that. Without prayer. Without prayer, we are weak. And our fighting stance is weak. You thought you are prepared for combat. You thought you're fully geared. Huh. The enemy says what? He's what? He schemes about you. And when we say schemes, he's not just trying to hit you by a chance. He's strategizing. He is looking at your every move. Studying your every move. And not only your move, you think you're strong? He's studying every move of the people around you. You thought you might be strong, 
But He can mess around with your loved ones. He can mess with your kids. He can mess up with your wife, with your husband. That's how He schemes. And if we are not what? Praying. If, we, if our fighting stance is not grounded, then how can we stand from the victory that is already given to us? Amen? How can we stand from victory? And this is where I'm going for my third point today. Triumph through prayer. Prayer is the secret to triumph in spiritual warfare that the devil doesn't want you to know. Prayer is the secret to victory that the devil doesn't want you to know. First, the trick of the enemy is what? He will stop you from understanding the word. He will stop you from understanding and having the knowledge of the authority and the power and the armor that is given to you. And if he failed to do that, he will try to stop you from exercising your authority. He will try to stop you. The devil wants to deceive us that it is legalistic to pray. That is his trick. So every time you don't feel like praying, all the more that we need to pray. Amen? All the more that we need to pray. Whenever you struggle to pray in prayer, all the more that we need to pray. Because the enemy knows, right? The enemy knows that there's power in our intercession. And he is in all-out attack to stop every prayer to be uttered. Because he knows that he's already a defeated enemy. He has been crushed by Christ. And the only reason for Satan to take over your life is when you gave permission to him. Just like how Adam and Eve gave permission. And whenever you don't pray, technically, you gave him permission. You put your guards down. Yeah, you hold yours. You have the belt of truth, everything. But it's actually, you're like that. Not in a fighting mode. Are you in a fighting mode, church? And in the book of Acts, we can see a lot of victories in the early church. In Acts chapter 9, we see how they combat and triumph through prayer. I love this story. This is one of the victories in the early church that I want to share you today. It's the resurrection of Tabitha, of Dorcas. Acts chapter, it should be Acts chapter 9. I'm pretty sure about that. That's not Acts chapter 6. At the end of Acts chapter 9, it says there what? No? Um... Peter in Joppa, he, he received a distress call. 
And so he ran away, he ran to, um, to that place and he heard that Tabitha was so ill. And Tabitha was one of the disciples. His, her other name is Dorcas. And Dorcas, by the way, is known for her generosity. And so when Dorcas died, he came over and what, did, what Peter did? He closed the door, he kneeled down in what? In prayer. And what happened? What happened? Tabitha what? Get back to life. Amen. That's the victory of, of, of the, uh, the authority of, you know, of what, what, what kind of authority we have in Christ. Right? We can what? Whenever we speak Jesus, what? We can turn death into life. Amen. Whenever we see sickness, what? We can turn what? Turn it into healing. Amen? And it's the same thing as well. When Paul reached Malta on the end of Acts chapter 12, speaking of healing, this is what he did there. Next verse, um, Acts chapter 28. There was a healing, massive healing in Malta. Acts chapter 27, Paul shipwrecked. There was a shipwreck. Um, they were about to go to Rome and ended up, you know, the boat was being waved. Ano, tamatang English dun? Dinala. Been brought into Malta. They ended up, you know, they ended up the boat, you know, in Malta. And they found themselves in the island of Malta. And there was a ship official there named Publius. And so Publius' father was ill. And so what Paul did, he came there and he prayed. And again, there was healing. Or what I like about this story is that verse chapter 9, it says, when he did that, the rest of the sick on the island came. And they were all cured. There was a massive healing in the land. The entire island were healed. Amen. The entire island were healed. Beautiful testimony of the true source of healing power through prayer. Our church also have our own victories, right? We have our own victories. Atimaan what? Is a victory of prayers. Atimaan here. Last year she suffered cancer. Look at her now. Victory of prayer. Amen. Ati Jane. Ati Jane's watching. I love you. I miss you. She's also what? Victory of prayer. She had a stroke last year. And would you believe just a couple of days couple of days, huh? not months, as if nothing happened. Can walk, can talk, can move. Victories! Amen! Baby Ozzy, it's a victory of prayer. Baby Miguel, the baby of Auntie Jane is also a victory of prayer. This church building, what? This is a victory of prayer. Who remembers here 2017? Right? We were at Ati Tess. 
we wrote in a small paper our prayer and we put it in the time capsule. Who remembers that, Julie? Onin, do you remember that? Oh. We put Quebino. We put it in a time capsule and we say, five years time, we will have our own church building. Amen. And look, not even five years, we have our own. And I remember, I, I, I remember, I wrote personally there that five years time, five years from now, which is 2017, we will have our own pastora as well, right? Who wrote that? <laughs> and it's true. 2022, five years time marks our five years. We will have our own pastora. Amen. Bucci, your answer prayer. Amen. Who remembers that? I don't know where's the time capsule, but I personally remember that. Victories, victories of prayer. Amen. A Christian life with prayer is a life with power. And it's so the opposite. A Christian life without prayer is a life without prayer. Uh, without power. Failure to kneel is failure to stand from victory. Can you say this with me, church? Failure to kneel is failure to stand from victory. Again, failure to kneel is failure to stand from victory. Ang lagi daw nakaluhod sa presensya ng Panginoon ay laging makatatayo sa lahat ng problema. Prayer doesn't promise a life without trouble. But what makes prayer is that it doesn't, prayer makes us not to be troubled even when the trouble comes. Amen? We could be busy in life, yes. But a life, a busy life, you know, sometimes makes our prayer life harder. Right? But a life with prayer makes our busy life easier. Can you tell it to your neighbor? A life with prayer makes our busy life easier. Sino mga busy dyan? Amen? And so through with the ministry. Ministry with prayer makes every ministry easier. Amen? And this is how I want to close today. I want to conclude on this, my fourth point, which is the seed of prayer. Amen. Most of plants starts from seeds, right? And just like seed, you know, it's where the root starts to sprout. Everything starts from prayer. Yeah? Even our very walk from Jesus starts from prayer. Our acceptance of Jesus starts from prayer. Actually, I would say, even before then, before your journey starts, someone already seed a prayer for you. You and I are a product of prayer. We all are a product of prayer. 
Amen? And allow me to call it seed because at the end of the day, what we want to have is, right, to be able to plant that seed and let it grow. And once that seeds grow, roots will sprout. Three, what? Three will sprung up and will bear fruit. And then the fruit will become seed. Amen? And it's a cycle. I am a product of prayer. And the book of Acts has wonderful stories about multiple conversions and seed of prayer. Lydia, right? Pastor, as uh, Sister Sham covered that last time. Conversion of Lydia in Acts chapter 16. But what I love about the share today is the baptism and the conversion of the Samaritans. I like what Brother Fisal sh shared a while ago. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 basically is the key verse of the book of Acts. When Jesus said what? That you will be my witness in Judea. And not only in, Judea, in, in Jerusalem, but in the entire city of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the fulfillment, and one of the fulfillment of that is on Acts chapter 8. So easy to remember. Acts 1.8, fulfillment, Acts 8. Acts 8 marks about, you know, the... Um, Evangelism of Philip into the Samaria after what? After Stephen's um, persecution, stoning. And so in that, what happened was, you know, there was a massive um, conversion and acceptance. Samarians has received Christ. And what did Peter and John did is that to go there and prayed over them, what? To receive, to receive the Holy Spirit. To receive the Holy Spirit. And not only that, Acts chapter 9. Next chapter. My favorite conversion is what? Is Paul. Right? We know the story. That Paul's conversion on his way to Damascus. And when he received Christ, right, he got blind and the Lord has appeared to Ananias in the vision. And, Ananias, and the Lord asked Ananias to go to Paul to pray over to Paul. And when he prayed, he says there, he lay his hands and what? He received his sight and not only his sight. He, he received what? The Holy Spirit through Ananias, through the prayer of Ananias. Amen? And we heard a lot of testimonies as well of great pastors as a seed of prayer. Lee Strobel as well. We know him, right? Lee Strobel wrote a case for Christ. He and his wife are seeds of prayer. If you have not watched this movie, I suggest you watch it. He, was, he used to be an American editor and when he learned that his wife has converted to Christianity, he freaked out. He freaked out. He thought he's, he's going to lose his wife. And so what he did, 
he investigated and tried to prove, disprove Christianity. And so he raised a case for Christ. And so, you know, after a year of investigation, there were a lot of, you know, situations in there. There was one of testimony at times that, you know, disbelief mismatch happened between the two of them. And one of their testimonies is that Leslie will always go to Linda, who is her mentor in the movie. Her name was Alfie. But, you know, he, she will always go to Linda and get encouragement from Linda. She will be encouraged by, by Linda. And Linda will always pray for her and pray for Lee as well. And so I truly believe that prayer moves. Because slowly as what? As Lee tries to investigate slowly, he couldn't disprove it. And he ended up accepting Christ. Amen? Another seed of prayer. Tony Evans. Who knows Tony Evans? Tony Evans is a father of Pris Priscilla Shirer. So probably Priscilla Shirer, you know, right? So, Tony Evans is a pastor of a mega church in Dallas, Texas. And he accepted Christ when he was in high school through his dad, through his father. So, during that time, his father and his mother was on a rocky marriage at the edge of the divorce, fighting cats and dogs every night. But then, one day... You know, a man shared the gospel to his dad. And he particularly remembers that the dad who left the morning is not the same dad who came at night. And from there on, he noticed his dad every 2 a.m. in the morning, reading his Bible and praying. And his prayer is this, Lord, give me strength, Lord God. Give me strength, Lord, and save my family. That was his prayer. And do you know one morning, his mother just came down. And his mother said, he was crying, her mo his mother was crying. And his dad said, what happened? And his mother said, every time I hate you, you love me. Every time I reject you, you pray for me. And I don't know what is going along with you. But it seems I thought you are just in a, in a religion. But I have been seeing you. You are so consistent on it. You have been praying. And it seems so real. So what can I do to have it right now? And on that night, on that morning... His mom accepted Christ. And then his dad gathered them together in prayer. And he and Tony remembers that. Because from then on, his journey with Christ started. What a wonderful testimony. Amen. Can I call on the worship team? Church, if you have a family, you haven't met Christ, pray. Continue to pray. Seed prayers. If you had friends, seed prayers. Amen.
And as I close today, if you look into the entire book of Acts, majority of their prayers are kingdom-based prayers. Do you notice that? Kingdom-based prayers. And as I close on today, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you, examine. Examine our prayers. What are the focus of our prayers? Who are the predominant benefactors of our prayers? Who are the benefactors of our prayers? Most of us praise about our family. Most of us praise about our lives, about our job, about our businesses. Right? Those are focus of our prayers. And I'm, say, I'm not saying it's wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I actually would like to encourage you to do. To pray. Continue to pray. The Lord wants us to, to pray every small details of our life. Be dependent on Him in every details of our lives. All mothers, all fathers, you are the intercessors in your own family. You are only you knows what's happening in your roof, under your roof. The weaknesses of your children, the weaknesses of your marriage, the weakness of your family. Only you. And so there's no one else who can be the best intercessor for you except you. Except you. But what I'm saying by kingdom-based prayers is that the Lord did not give us authority for nothing. The Lord did not give us, you know, power for nothing. We, a church, should always stand together, knit together in prayer, constantly praying together to carry on forward the mission of the Lord. We should be what? We should be Releasing our authority to release light over our community through our prayers. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Greater is He who is in us that is in the world. Greater is He. Greater is Christ who is in you than who is in the world. And we receive the same Christ. Nothing is so different than the Christ that Peter and Paul receive. Hey, church, it's the same Christ that we receive. Nothing is so different than the Christ that Pastor Vincent received, that Pastor Jeff received. It's the same Christ, church. And it says there, the gates of hell will not prevail it. And He is what? He's greater than who is in the world. So we should be the one who should shake the forces of the enemy. We should be the one who should destroy the forces of the enemy. That whenever we see the enemy moves, we're not going to back down. We are not going to run from it. We're going to run to it. We're going to run to it. 
So whenever we see the tricks of the enemy, deception, division, destruction, we will not just gonna sit down. We will stand and fight and we will say, not on our watch. Not on our watch. I love the way how the prayer ministry is named for the entire JRM Global. The name is JRM Watchmen. You are all the watchmen of all the families, of your families, of this church, of the community where God has positioned you. And that whenever we see the enemy moves, Whenever we see deception over our kids, how the government prohibits what? The message and the name of Christ be spoken in the school. We're not going to say we're just going to sit down. We're going to stand and say, not on our watch. Whenever we see the enemy, what? Bring young kids young women to sex trafficking we're not gonna sit down and just stand we're gonna say what not on our watch whenever we see what terrorism we're not just gonna sit down when they legalize is what abortion same sex, sex marriage we're not just going to sit down. We're going to say, not on our watch. Amen. We're going to stand. Come on, church. You stand. Can you stand on your feet? Grounded and footed. In our one firm foundation, who is Christ himself. This is our final we will, battle. we will, we will fight our battles together. Battle. We will watch each other's back in prayer. We will watch our husbands battle. back oh, in prayer. We will, we will watch our kids back in prayer. Amen. This is how we're going to fight our battles. We will be strongly connected. I pray that we will be a church who will be strongly unified in Christ. Fun in Christ. Unbreakable. Nothing can pull us apart. Oh, hallelujah. We will always find our way to stand from victory in prayer. Amen. In the presence of the Lord. We will not waste the authority that's given to us to release the grace of the Lord, the light in our family, in our kids, in our church, in our marriage. Oh, if you have your own battles, come on, church. Oh, hallelujah. This is the way how to fight the battle the presence of the Lord. Put it into the firm foundation. A rock who cannot be shaken. Oh, hallelujah.
But I'm surrounded by you. 